So, just to um, highlight something that uh, I think is quite uh, quite special in in a sense, and it's, it's good to share here in in a public uh, gathering like this, is that um, when I first arrived uh, here in uh, Amazing Stoke. Um, we went a few months into being here, and uh, I, I remember having uh, a time with the deacons, the, the leaders here, and um, we did some, some blue sky dreaming. And uh, the blue sky dreaming was about, uh, what would we, Lord, what, this is what we'd love you to do amongst us. This, these are some things that, that are on our heart we would love to see uh, brought to fruition in our next season. And there were all sorts of exciting things. I mean, we, we actually said, you know, no reserve, you don't, don't hold back, don't think that's impossible, because the Bible says quite clearly nothing is impossible with God, so let's just push it out there. Let's, let, and we come up with oh, some, some fantastic stuff, brilliant stuff. We shared that at one of our, uh, our church meetings early in, in 2017. And one of the things that was on that uh, list was that we as a church would be a, a resource center for the churches. That we would see ourselves um, holding gatherings, conferences that would not only feed into our lives as a church, but also would feed into other churches in our town and beyond. And uh, here we are at an amazing point. This is the, the, the last sessions of our Father Heart weekend, which means that some words that were spoken 18 months ago in the back hall and put up on a flip chart have come to fruition. It's happening. You see, Father Heart is something that we have had the honor to, to host here Friday and all day yesterday, and then with Andy and Ganilla just coming to a close this morning. But it's more than just a gathering. This, for me, and just to encourage you as a church, is us walking into our destiny. We've said this uh, a number of times, you know, if we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. And we've said as a church that we want more. It's a bit of a, a Charles Dickens situation, isn't it? You know, I mean, Oliver goes to the front, uh, more, I want more. But the beautiful thing about our, our glorious God is that he has the resources and the reserves to meet the greatest more. And here's something even more exciting, is that God's desire for us is even more than our more. You can't go beyond what God's best is. He, he wants more for us than the more that we think that we would like. And I just want to say here today, um, and... In, in a sense, I just want to honor church because you've made it happen. You have made it happen. For all that went on and has been going on this weekend from, from the organization with Matt and, and how he has uh, so diligently made sure everything is in the right place at the right time. For Sally and, and, and a brilliant team who, who catered for people yesterday, 
some of the flapjack. I can honestly say, do you know, I was going to go just for one piece. <laughs> I failed. It's, sometimes some things are so good, you've got to go back for more. And, and then what was even better, people even felt that they needed to get another piece for me and brought me more flapjack. I just think, God, you're so good. So much uh, revolved around individuals going beyond all expectations, and that has happened this weekend. And, and I um, am just so humbled and so grateful. But I want to also say that this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. To come in here on a, on a Saturday morning, the car park full, and there's worshippers in here just seeking after God. Um, I just recognize that we've started something. And for whatever reason, um, God has chosen Basingstoke Baptist Church on Gershwin Road to be a place that is not only going to be looking after itself, but looking out and serving the church in this town and beyond. So, so today, it's, for me, it's just a moment to say thank you. Thank you for all those who have made this weekend as good as it has. And, um, and thank you for pouring into a vision that the deacons shared back in the early part of 2017. And we've just got to look at the list and start saying, okay, well, if God, if you've done this, what else on the list have you got in store for us? Yay. So exciting times. Carol, um, tell us a little bit about what we've done and, and then introduce us to some amazing people, please. So basically what we have been discovering over these last couple of days is just how much God loves us. And do you know, we may understand that with our minds, but it's not about our minds. It's not about head knowledge. It's about heart. And God, we've learned over this last few weeks, God, Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in our hearts. He lives in our hearts. And when he's in our hearts, he is constantly saying to us, I love you. I love you. We had an amazing um, picture that was given to us of three people stood here in um, representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And together, they went round in a circle facing each other and telling each other they loved each other because that's the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that they are consistently and constantly telling each other how much they love each other. But then the amazing thing, beautiful Rachel came and stood in the middle representing us. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were saying to her, I love you. It was a beautiful picture absolutely beautiful. And then in response to that, Rachel was then turning and saying to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I love you. And for those of us who were here and those of us who were, have been a privilege to have been at the conference for these last two days, it has been life-changing. We are not the same people that walked in here on Friday night. God has been at work. And we know as well that this is just the beginning. 
We've had some brilliant times. We've had some times when God has spoken to us personally. He has ministered to us. But the one thing we realize is that this is not just a one-off, that God is starting a process in us. God is taking us into a greater intimacy with him. He is taking us into a greater awareness of and a greater um, understanding of how we are and who we are as his sons and his daughters. Dave and I had um, a privilege of, of going on a Father Heart conference probably about 10 years ago, and it revolutionized us, not only in our walk with the Father, but in our relationship with each other, in our relationship, sorry, I get very emotional, um, our relationship with our kids, and God has been so good. And it's just an amazing um, privilege for us to be able to hear that message being shared with you guys because we love you so much and we just want God to be able to, um, to change you and to, for you to have this amazing understanding of that it's not about us and about what we do. It's about who God says we are. It's about human beings, not human doings. And it's, it is just immense, absolutely immense. So we've had a brilliant time. I believe the sessions have been recorded, Stephen, is that right? The sessions have been recorded. We will keep you informed as to whether those will be available. Um, but if not, you know, get into, um, Andy's got some books that he'll, I'm sure he'll talk to you about later. But Guys, if you haven't been here, talk to those that have been on this conference and, um, you know, just ask them. We've, we've been reading some amazing testimonies when we've got back home at night that people have just been sharing on social media about what God's saying to them and what God's been doing with them. So it's been incredible. So I just want to pray for you guys, both of you, to come up. Dave, do you want to come and lay hands on these guys as well? Yeah. Thank you. Let's let's pray. If if you feel comfortable with this, then please extend your hand as a, a an indication of blessing towards Andy and Ganilla. If you feel uncomfortable, that's fine. You don't have to. But if you're comfortable with that, then please join us. Let let's all pray together. Father, we just want to thank you first of all for your presence. We want to thank you for the work that you have been doing in us in this place these last couple of days. Thank you, Father, that um, our relationship with you is not uh, something that's stationary. It's something that is consistently moving and is consistently um, becoming more and more as we encounter more of you, God. So uh, we open our hearts to you for you to come and to change us. Father, we thank you for Andy and we thank you for Ginella. Father, thank you for the journey that you've taken them on. Thank you, Father, for the experiences that they've had. Thank you, Father, for their story. And Lord, thank you for their um, willingness to come and share the revelation that they have of you as their father with us. Father, we want to pray now for... Um, just a, a fresh anointing upon them. Father, we would ask for more of your Holy Spirit to just come and anoint them now. Father, we say that you have called and you have equipped. So, Father, we just want to pray down every blessing 
from heaven. We want to pray an open heaven over you, Andy, and an open heaven over you, Ganilla. Father, we bless them now. Father, we bless their children. We bless David and Joseph. We bless Hannah. Father, thank you for them. And Lord, now as they share what you have given them for us, Father, we pray that you would give us open ears, not just to hear, but, Father, that our hearts would be tenderized. Father, would you tenderize our hearts this morning that we would receive all that you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I want to go first. All right. Okay. Well, we've really enjoyed our weekend. We really enjoyed being with you here. Have you enjoyed it? (laughs) Can I see some smiling faces here? Has it been good? Has it been good? You know, I find whenever God works in our lives, he always leaves us with a hope. And, you know, Andy's going to speak this morning, but I just wanted to encourage you. And, you know, there is, um, he always leaves an, an element, there's always an element of hope in whatever he does. And whatever he works in our lives. And I was thinking of a, I love movies, you know, and I actually really like kids' movies. And maybe you know this movie. Um, it's actually one of my favorites, and it's a chicken run. Anyone seen the chicken run? <laughs> I love all the British accents and all that. Anyway, so you know the story. They, they really want to get out of Tweety Farm. And they try to escape, and they try, and they try, and they try, and it just looks hopeless. And one of the chickens says to, you know, Ginger, the main chicken, says, you know, the chances of us getting out of here, it's like a million to one. And then she says, well, then there's still a chance. And it's like, you just can't kill that hope. You just cannot kill that. It's just there, well, a million to one. Well, then there's still a chance. And for us, it's like God is so patient with us. And some of us kind of feel like that. Well, you know, I'm hopeless. This thing will never change. I will never overcome this. And it's just like I'm just tired of it. And the chances of me changing or, or God changing this situation is a million to one. <laughs> well, then there's still a chance. It's like he never leaves us without hope. He always... He always um, he is like he, he breathes on that hope so that we won't give up, so that you know that he will never give up on you, that he will never give up. He'll just try again. We'll just try again. So I just wanted to leave you with that today, that you know, God has started something maybe in your life this weekend. And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming that we realize that there's pain in our life or we kind of... We can, we can feel a little un, unsure about all that. So, you know, the Father is so good. And that he's patient with you. He loves you. He's committed to you. And he will never give up. You might give up on yourself and think, forget it. I can't, you know, I don't want to go on. And he says, you know, there's still a chance. Just Maybe you prayed for someone in your family and you think, you know, it will never change. I prayed for my dad all his life. <laughs> and the year when he, before he died, he gave his life to the Lord. And it was just like, 
There's always, there's always God who will always bring something positive. He'll always bring hope, even when things seem like, oh, this is too much. So Andy is going to speak this morning. I just want to follow on with that. Thank you for hosting us this weekend. We, we absolutely love what we do, and it's such a privilege for us to be a part of Father Heart Ministries and to do these events. We do schools, Father Heart A schools around the world. Our, our family is very much international, and it, it's just been a great privilege actually being with you guys this weekend. Um, a few weeks ago, Ganera and I had the privilege of hosting an international conference in Southern California. We have a lot of relationships. We lived in Southern California for a long time. And we hosted um, James and Denise Jordan, who are the, the, the founders of Father Heart Ministries. And um, the privilege for us was that we just got to hang out with them and chat with them and talk. And when Denise was talking on one occasion, she was talking about one of the, the, the fruits of this revelation of love. And she says, what, what happens when our hearts are really encountered by the love of God is that we discover hope. Does hope once again come into us? And, you know, we just need to take one look at our world. I was, I was interviewed on BBC Radio Berkshire this morning, and one of the questions they asked me was about the situation in the world, and the guy mentioned Brexit, but I didn't want to go on a political journey with him. And I said, you know what, what happens is that when the love of God encounters our hearts, not only do our hearts change, but what happens is that our hearts are filled with hope. And some of you this morning, this morning that were, have been with us over the weekend, you, you know you woke up to a fresh sense of hope this morning, which is a wonderful thing. That's something that the Father has done right on the inside of you. Um, I don't want to be long this morning, and you know it's always dangerous when a preacher says that, because you know one preacher says I don't have a clock on the pulpit, I have a calendar. So, but let me assure you, there's no clock or calendar there this morning. Um, this is a book that I've written um, called Double Portion, Our Inheritance. Um, it's basically a story of our journey in discovering God as our Father. I knew Him as my Savior. I knew Him as my healer, protector, provider, and all those other wonderful attributes that He provides for us. But I didn't know Him as my Father. And when I discovered him as my father, my Christianity changed. My Christianity changed. I was brought up right from the day I was born, going to a Baptist church. My dad was a Baptist pastor. And, um, of course, Dave and Carol know my, my dad very well. They were, my dad lives in Eastbourne. And, but when I discovered the love of the father, it changed my Christianity. So... We've still got some copies of the book back there, and I tell a lot of stories about things that have happened in our lives, because one thing that we've come to realize and understand is that this, this revelation not only has become real, but we've also had to be real with him. And 
I, th I don't think that is easy. I don't think that is an easy process. Dying to self and laying things down is not, a, is not an easy thing. And I want to I touch on that a little bit this morning. And I want to talk just very briefly about what it really means to be a child. Because that for me was a huge thing. What I've discovered and what I've realized is that in coming to know God as my father, one of, one of my response to that is, am I willing to be like a little child? And one of the reasons why that was so difficult is because we spend so much of our lives trying to grow up. And in fact, I was told multiple times when I was younger, grow up, you should behave yourself, etc., etc. Now, I'm not talking about continuing our childish habits. I'm not, I'm not in endorsing childish behavior. But what I am endorsing is a childlike attitude and we're going to see that in Scripture in just a moment. And so, part of my journey in knowing God as my Father, part of what the, the great challenge for me has been is to really learn what it means and understand what it means to walk as a child. Because the more I discovered that, the easier it's been for me to see God as my father and literally allow him to father me. Just in the same way that Jesus was fathered by his father. I want us to start off by um, looking in the book of Matthew and this is when Jesus, um, this is when Jesus had children coming unto him and he was allowing these children to sit upon his lap, sit upon his knee. He was putting his arm around them. And the disciples were watching him. I, I guess they realized what the time was, or they thought they had to get to another appointment, or there was something else happening. And, but Jesus called the children to him. And then in verse 3, he looks at the people and he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now just let the gravity of those words impact your heart. Just let the gravity of what Jesus is actually saying here Unless, uh, assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. It is so clear and so apparent because I've experienced it in my own life. My struggle with being a Christian and walking with God is really, really getting hold of who God is. Is He really a Father? Does He really love me? And how do I come to that point of understanding Him 
as a father and having fresh insight and understanding about him in my own heart. And for many of us, that is our struggle. If we're quite honest, and we're quite brutally honest with ourselves, often a lot of the Christianity that we live is just out of habit. We think we should do something. We think we should behave a certain way. We think we should talk a certain way, perhaps some sort of Christianese. And we should behave in a certain manner. And then we have all these other laws and rules that actually go with it on how much we should be reading our Bible or perhaps how much we should be praying. Or I remember when I went to be in youth with a mission, how long I could speak in tongues for. When I had my, well, it was never a quiet time. It was more like a noisy time with the Lord. And we had all these all these questions were, were going on and all these um, kind of subtle rules were kind of there that we kind of felt that we had to adhere to and follow in order to be an effective Christian. How are we going to be an effective Christian? Well, let me tell you something. I've given up on trying to be an effective Christian. In fact, let me be completely honest with you. I've actually given up on being a Christian. I know that's shocking because I've come to realize that the only one that can really live the Christian life is God himself. He is the only one that can live the Christian life. He is the only one that can follow every word stipulated in the word of God. And then you say to me, well... How do you do it, Andy? Well, I believe the secret, or one of the secrets, is in the fact of allowing God to love you and allowing God to live on the inside of you and allowing God to be who He is, live right in the very core of your being and allowing Him to do what He does best, which is change us into the conformity of his own son. That is how the Christian life works. But it's really the life of God. But in that, there is another very, very subtle secret because one of the things that I had to realize when love was impacting my heart was, am I really willing to let go? Am I really willing to let God come in and love me for who I am? Am I really willing to let Him come in and be who He really is in my life? And that was a huge question. That was a a crossroads. That was a huge challenge to my heart. No wonder Jesus says to the disciples, unless you are converted and become as little children, because in the heart of a child, there is this natural dependency that the child just wants to cling to his or her mom or dad. 
There is a natural dependency. There is a natural submission. There is a natural looking up to the person or the persons that we call mom and dad when we were children. And it's absolutely no different now as adults when it comes to us walking with God. It is absolutely no difference. And so the question that Jesus poses is, are you willing to be converted? Are you willing to make an adjustment? You know, I heard somebody once says that, you know, submission isn't submission until you have to submit. Humility isn't humility until you have to walk in humility. Wow. And so Jesus says it, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, they seem strong words, don't they? Jesus is not mincing what he's saying. He's not speaking in any sense as a politician speaks. He's speaking as it is. There's got to be a conversion. There's got to be a change in our hearts. And as that change takes place in our hearts, there is an opening up for us. There is an unfolding of what really the kingdom of heaven is all about. And God's greatest joy... God's greatest delight, the greatest joy in heaven is that God himself comes to indwell our hearts. God himself comes to indwell our hearts. In the midst of all our brokenness, all our shame, even our sin, he comes to live inside us because that is the only way you and I are ever going to change. Jesus goes on. He says, Whoever, therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's like Jesus now is, is reiterating something that he's already said, but he's, he's undergirding it. There's got to be this attitude of humility. I've heard humility described as the ability to be known for who we really are. No pretense, no facade. It was very humbling for me as an individual, just as a fully grown adult male, putting all the responsibilities and, and, and titles and everything else to one side, it was very humbling for me to encounter love. I didn't really know what it was. And I literally spent many hours just 
weeping as love was revealed and poured into my heart. I felt like my insides were being undone. My dear wife would come to me and she would stroke my face and I'd be crying and she'd put a hand on my face and she'd say to me, I love you so much when you're crying. And that was like... (sighs) The, The walk, I believe, of humility is not an easy one. And one of the reasons why it's so difficult is because if we're honest, we are so filled with our religious opinions. And sometimes in order for us to relinquish our religious opinions, the only option is that we truly humble ourselves. There's some amazing verses that we talk a lot about on our Father Heart A schools. And one of my one of my favorite topics on a, what we call core topics on a school is called weakness, the power of sonship. That really the, the key to walking as a child of God, the key to walking as a son is weakness. It is not strength. It is not our masculine ability or our feminine ability or even our anointing, if you like. Rather, God delights. He treasures moving on and walking with our weakness. Paul had been having these surpassing revelations, literally going into the third heaven, whatever that means, but we know he was having some profound encounters with God. At the same time, struggling with a thorn in the flesh. I like to say right now that that wasn't his wife because he wasn't married. So, and I don't believe it was a wife. It's something else that he was dealing with in his physical body. And then in verse 9 of chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, in the, in the New King James it says, as Paul is crying out to God, he's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. What I've given you is enough. His grace, his love is enough. My grace is sufficient for you. And then he says this, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That the very strength of God, God's ability... Even God's power is perfected. It is absolutely perfected in weakness. That's why I believe, you know, you know, little children have this ability to worship God. And literally when they do that, they the the, the presence of God and you can sense the anointing just fill the atmosphere when they do that. Because out of the simplicity and weakness of their own ability, God's coming through with his strength and with his might and with his power. What I don't like 
being weak. I love being in the developing world. I love West Africa. I love Pakistan. I love being in these nations. I love being amongst the people. But I hate the mosquitoes. I don't like all the food. I don't like it what it does to my stomach. I was in a hotel room in Pakistan six years ago and I had to share that room with a rat. That perturbed me. We like our own strength, don't we? We like our own ability. We like what we can achieve. And Paul, in the place of great weakness, is told by the Lord Jesus himself that my strength is actually being perfected in a place of your weakness. There's a treasure of a verse in Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 4, And verse 14, you don't need to put it up on the screen. I'll just paraphrase it. But when Jesus comes out of the wilderness, he had been anointed, the Holy Spirit had come upon him. Then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was tempted by the enemy. He went through those temptations that we read about in the Gospels. And then when Jesus comes out of the wilderness, not Edom for 40 days and 40 nights, It's just Jesus came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So one of the questions that I believe that we have to ask ourselves if we really want to know God as our Father, is are we willing to be like a little child? And in being like a little child, children somehow I believe are okay with, they're comfortable with being weak okay with it. I have a good friend in Father Heart Ministries called Trevor Galpin. You may have heard of Trevor. He just lives down the road when he's at home, that is, in Winchester. But he tells a story of when he lived in Norfolk and he had a big garden. And every so often, of course, he had to go out in the back garden with his big lawnmower and cut the grass. And when he did that, his children that were young in those days, they, they bought one of the, the sons a, a play, a toy lawnmower. And of course, Trevor would go out in the garden, turn the mower on and start going around the garden. And his son would follow him on this little toy lawnmower right around the garden. And when Trevor had completed the garden, 
the son would go back and tell his mum, we've done the grass. That is just a beautiful picture of the kingdom. Jesus says, I can do nothing unless my Father speaks to me. And as he shows me something, and as he reveals something to me, nothing can be done. A couple of years ago, um, it was probably about four or five years ago, we found ourselves, we were were in Sweden, and we found ourselves in a situation we thought we were just going to have Hannah at Christmas, but just before Christmas, both my sons ended up at our house for Christmas. One had been living in Germany and the other one was living in um, um, Oregon. And they both end up back in Sweden for Christmas and they announced to us that, and this was completely independent, they didn't, um, they didn't get together and work this out. They said, oh, you know, we're going to be hanging around for a while. You know, we want, to, we want to learn Swedish and we want to live here. And w- as soon as they said that, I went into this kind of, panic. I'm thinking, two fully grown, I'm going to say these guys eat. I'm going to say they, they eat. And my, my second son, who's a fisherman in, in Oregon right now, he's taller than me, and he's got some beef on him. So he needs food, you understand. And I went into a panic. I went into this place of fear and worry and anxiety. And I, I thought, well, let me just go and spend some time with God and just pray and just ask Him. And one of the things I sometimes do is I just very simply write down in my journal some of the prayers that I'm just praying up to God because there's some that I think are important to record. And as soon as I said to the Father, I said, you know, I'm really anxious And I'm very worried about what's happening right now. And immediately I sense the Father say to me, He says, you know, Andy, every part of your heart that fears has not been surrendered to my love. Every part of your heart that fears has not been surrendered to my love. General Booth, who pioneered and founded the Salvation Army, says this, The greatest of man's power is the measure of his surrender. The greatest of man's power is the measure of his surrender. Wow. Well, when I heard that from the Lord, that is an area of your heart that's not surrendered, I, I got quite, again, a little bit more anxious. I'm thinking, God, well, how do you do that? How do you get into every area of my life? How do I come to this place of really trusting you and really letting go and really letting you have everything you want on the inside of me? And a few days later, as I'm, I'm praying that, I'm, again, I'm journaling. And then 
almost immediately I hear the Father say to me, he says, one of the things that I'm doing in your heart, Andy, is that I'm teaching you to live like a child. And I thought, oh no. Because our flesh doesn't like that. Our insides don't like that. That creates a little bit of conflict on the inside. We want everything to be under control. We want everything in order. You know, God challenged that area of my life when I went to live in Africa for four years. And when I realized that I couldn't have running water every day, I couldn't have electricity every day, and I certainly couldn't kill all the mosquitoes, I had to relinquish some of that control that was in my own heart and that was in my own life. And starting to be like a child and to become like a child, for me, has been a journey. But that journey has also been a parallel journey. On the one side, I'm learning to be like a child. But on the other side of the railway tracks is learning to allow the Father to father me and allowing God to be the Father in my heart. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the pain that I had to go through in discovering that. Because that has borne fruit that I could never, ever, ever produce. At the end of this statement, In Matthew 18, verse 5, it says, Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. And I want to land right here and finish right here this morning. Whoever receives one little child in my name, receives me. The real issue in my heart was that I never really accepted myself the way the Father accepts me. And I had to come to this place of accepting who I really was without the pretense, without the facade, without the makeup, I had to accept myself for who I really was. And as that process developed, I started to discover something about God, about the Father, that I'd never known or never understood before. And that is what literally changed my Christianity. 
And every day now, for us, it's an adventure. I found fun now in my faith. I found so much excitement in my relationship with God. There's joy once again back in our lives. There's peace once again in our hearts. And it's brought revolution to our relationships, to our marriage, to our family, and to a lot of people that are around us. So my encouragement to you, on a practical level, if you can get to a Father Heart A school, do it. If you can get to a Father Heart conference, do it. But I also encourage you to just spend time with God and just very simply ask Him to come and love you and for Him to reveal to you how much He loves you and see what happens. God bless. Thanks, Andy.